You're listening to Fire Ecology Chats, a podcast series by the Association for Fire Ecology. Hello, everyone. My name is Bob Keane. I'm the editor of the journal Fire Ecology, an international journal dedicated to the extensive field of fire ecology. Today, we have a very, very exciting guest and a very exciting paper. The paper we're going to talk about today is the impact of UAS aerial ignition on prescribed fire, a case study in multiple ecoregions of Texas and Louisiana. Brett Lawrence, would you please introduce yourself? Hey there, Bob. Thanks for the opportunity to come on and and talk about our work. Yeah, my name's uh, Brett Lawrence. I'm a wildlife biologist and a GIS specialist working at Raven Environmental Services. We're a, a small environmental consulting firm in Southeast Texas. I've been working there just over 10 years and have been involved in our prescribed fire program that that entire time. And the paper we're talking about today concerning UAS aerial ignition, you know, I've been doing that since about 2018. Yeah, it's very exciting. Brett, you want to tell us what UAS means and what this paper is all about? Sure. Yes. UAS, in this case, is unmanned aerial system. But of course, you know, folks have a, a number of different terms for it, UAV or drone. Uh, basically, a drone carrying an aerial ignition platform to, to support fire. We've been using the IGNIS system, which was developed by Drone Amplified out of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. We basically introduced it to our fire program in uh, late 2018. I think it was November 2018. You know, our fire program had been around well before that. We've been burning, uh, again, exclusively prescribed fire, not any fire or wildland fire suppression, but we had already been doing it for, for several years. We brought the UAS aerial ignition technology online. And really, this paper is about the end of 2018, beginning of 2019 through 2021. You know, it uses some quantitative analysis to kind of demonstrate the impact of the drone. You know, how much more were we able to accomplish in terms of our, say, acreage per day? Also, what the fire effects were, we had a smaller sampling of burns where we did have post-fire assessment data. We were able to leverage to give some insights into the fire effects of UAS burns versus non-UAS burns. And really kind of use that quantitative analysis and also our own experience and the networking we do with fire managers here in Texas and in our region to really just sort of provide some discussion about its impacts surrounding like the various issues we run into as fire managers, whether that's climate change or smoke management, personnel needs, those kinds of things. Yeah, what I thought was really exciting about your paper was the fact that you compared 58 total UAS burns and they were on either UAS sites or non-UAS sites, which was exciting. What did you find out? What was the difference between the two? Yeah, so for the for the post-burn assessment, again, that smaller sampling of data, essentially what we, the results of that analysis were telling us that fire effects with the drone were slightly less severe, particularly in vegetation burn severity and substrate burn severity. Those were not as severe when using the drone. Conversely, there were some some fire effects that were comparable. You know, the percentage burned 
was comparable between the various groups that we tested, whether it was with or without the, the drone. So I think the, the takeaway for us was, in some regards, the fire effects are a little less severe with the drone. And again, in other ways are comparable. And in our experience, the fire effects were satisfactory. You know, our clients were reaching their goals. Our uh, fuel management goals were being met. Those results were kind of what we would have expected, you know, depending on the conditions that day, you know, the weather, fuel moisture, those kinds of things, the, the dot ignition pattern of the drone is a little different than someone dragging a torch through the woods. It, you know, if conditions are a little marginal or on the edge, the, the drone might, again, not result as, as severe of fire effects. The other statistical test we performed was just simply on the, the amount of acreage per day and, or hectares per day production that we were able to accomplish with the drone, which there was a, a significant increase in that regard when uh, when we were burning with the drone. The drone allows us opportunities to, to burn large units in some instances, well, not always, but that wasn't our, our only goal. You know, it's great to be able to burn more in some days, but generally if, if there was a way we could, you know, if there was a large unit and the weather was right, and there weren't smoke management issues, we could take advantage of that opportunity and burn quite a bit more with not a huge increase in staffing. Essentially, we're really kind of adding myself, the one additional person on a burn to manage all of the drone responsibilities to, to make that happen. Yeah. So you found that you could burn a lot more with the drone, but what about, what, what's your uh, assessment of how much it costs? Uh, it, it's a great question, you know, uh, and of course, there's going to be a number of costs, right? Whether it's government agency or a small business like us, there'll be the cost of, of course, the, the equipment, the cost of maybe you're hiring a new person or you're taking the time to train a person internally. In this case, for the most part, a kind of a one-person operation and occasionally working with some of our technicians. And then there's the sphere costs. I think I've calculated, well, I calculated that recently because the sphere cost went up. It's about $1.25 an acre to use the actual fuel that the drone, the Dragon Exit uses. You know, in this paper, I mentioned the, the system costs. We have two systems. The first was, I think, around 45,000. The second was around 55 or 60,000. Again, there's the sphere costs. You know, if we're looking at it from a business standpoint, when we have tried to, to look at comprehensively at all the costs, as you might expect, initially there's there's the big cost of acquiring all the equipment and training people. But really, after probably just a year or two of operations, and particularly those days where you are able to to take advantage of the new opportunities the drone creates which are very circumstantial, I want to definitely provide that disclaimer, it doesn't take too long for it to, to be value-added. And I can say very confidently that, you know, for example, the drone, both system is, systems have paid for themselves. They've paid for my costs and their ignition sphere costs. You know, exactly where that happened is a little hard to say, but after about four years of operating, I think we're well past that point. So that was very exciting, Brad. I really appreciate you taking your time today. Would you like to recognize any funding agencies? While we didn't have any formal funders, I, I would like to recognize 
particular Cook's Branch Conservancy and the staff, they're a, a big client of ours too. And they've, they've allowed us a lot of latitude to use this technology, to test it on their conserv conservation area. We use it extensively with our burning there. And that's also where we collected uh, post-burn assessment data. So a big thank you to them and really to, to all of our Raven staff that make our burning happen and the various people in our network in this region that we burn with. Yeah, we had a, a lot of excellent people we worked with that, that contributed. And also my co-authors who aren't here, Kevin and Eric, obviously contributed significantly to the studies. Very good. Well, I appreciate your time today, Brett. And thank you again, everyone. Please join me for the next Fire Ecology Chats. Yeah, thank you, Bob.